Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. world. Dan Bickley. Sportsman. Sports. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Bigley and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bigley and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Good morning, family sports fans. Happy Friday to everybody. How is everybody doing today? I am Dan Bickley, Tim Ring to my right, Jared Carlin behind the glass, Sarah the Ruthless, live from Tucson, Arizona. Uh, and it is hey. the la- hey. <laughs> There and she is, she's live. <laughs> yeah, and it is the last <laughs> it, <laughs> it is the last Friday of the Arizona Cardinals football season. So before we get into all the ground we have to cover, I'm gonna tell you a little funny story here to start the show. Okay, you ready for a little funny story? Gather around, kids. Gather around. All right, so uh, I'm a very pragmatic guy by nature. The one thing I do splurge on and always have is family vacations. I've always wildly overspent on family vacations. Ten days in Disney, Iceland, Japan, whatever. Just, uh, you know, I'm, I, that's what I choose to do. So a while back, I'm thinking, you know what? Tim Ring went to Ireland and he stayed at a castle and it was really, really cool. And before that, Gambo went to this other castle, Ashford Castle, and said it was really, really cool. So I went online and I booked a room. Now, I don't know whether I'm going to go to Ashford Castle in Ireland this summer or not because it's very expensive. I'm working out the math in my head, and it's all going to come down whether or not I can actually extricate my children from the summer vacation for the first time. Right? That's what it's going to come down to. So this has been in the back of my head for a while. Gambo yesterday tweets out that he's going back to Ashford Castle in July. How tremendous would it be if I showed up there the same time he went there? Well, how do we define how tremendous? Tre- <laughs> how trem- well, we wouldn't be drinking beers together because he doesn't drink. I but, thought he had one beer. What? I don't like beer. What? Look, I don't, I don't drink. He had one half of a beer. I, I just don't do it. I don't think he plays golf either, right? He doesn't play golf, so, so there you go. You're, you're, you're never going to see him. So I'd never see him. But isn't that kind of funny? Because he just tweeted that out yesterday. Well, that he's going back in July. Vic, I'm thinking, yes, Sarah. I've got a, a trip to Ireland planned what? in May. Yeah, I'm moving it to July. <laughs> I'm moving it to July. Move it to July. Let's Team all trip. Let's go. They could all broadcast. Oh, good. Come on. Well, the, the, you all know famously on my honeymoon, John Bloom and his family were staying on. The same island in Hawaii, the same hotel. That's the same floor. The same floor. I was going to say. Really, the same week. Wow. So, well, on a side. So so stuff does happen. I do understand that. Even if Gambo goes at the same time, Uh you got to go. You got to. You got to stay in the castle. It's nine hundred and ninety-five pounds a night. A night. 
Do you know how much money that is? But it is a legitimate five-star castle. It's a five-star castle. Coincidentally, that's yeah. how much I gained, I believe, at the uh, all-inclusive. <laughs> so, I again, so for me, it's still kind of a pipe dream, but it's funny that Gamble's going to be there. Do you get to dress up in costumes in the castle? You like, can. That like would be House of the that Dragon. Would be, or that Lord. would be so up your alley, wouldn't it? I oh, you wouldn't come be... down as the court jester. Not the court jester. Zip, 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 everybody. I wore a kilt. I wore a kilt on the sat for the Saturday night event of our oh, yeah. excursion really? to the castle. I thought that yeah. was Scotland. Can we uh, no, can no, we no. tell the details of your vacation yeah. really quick, by any chance, or no? Sure, we can. Okay, so Tim Ring last eight, last summer was it? Uh, no, it was actually just uh, it October was just recently. Yeah, yeah October. So check this out, Carl. And so he goes to Ireland and he posts all these incredible pictures. And I'm like, dude, that's really cool. Tell me about that. Tim has got a buddy who's very wealthy who brings all of his friends on vacation. Yes. And he basically bought out this castle in Ireland. He rented a Dare Manor in uh, Limerick, Ireland, solely for his own party. Yeah. Invited. Everything was free. Was the guy from Nantucket there? <laughs> Dude, right. make an intro, Tim. Yeah, listen, What's going you're not on? even paying yeah. attention, Carlin. Start I the did. show. No, you're I not. I, no, I, I, I don't have any rich. I'm telling you to pay attention. You wouldn't look at him. I don't have any rich friends. I'm jealous. By, you, by you the need way, to befriend his friend. I must say, before, before you start the show, it wasn't like he brought six people. He right. brought two hundred people. Paid, uh-huh. <gasps> Rented out an entire castle. You know Rented out the castle. Seven million? Eight million? Uh, it was it was definitely between three and seven million okay. dollars. I know I make a lot of jokes about Elon Musk, but introduce me to him. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Start the show, Ferret. The Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Animal. Animal coming. The Splash, brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. All right, tomorrow begins week 18 in the NFL, and there's an update. The NFL has canceled the Bills-Bengals, as many people expected. They've also added provisions for the AFC Championship game. If it's going to involve teams with unequal amounts of games played, the AFC Championship game is going to be held at a neutral site. Now, they're going to vote about it today, so it's not it, it's it's before a committee, but that's where this whole thing is headed. Right. This is not just an idea. Right. This is this is what they plan on doing, mm-hmm. barring the final rubber stamp. Man, uh-huh. big, I know there are no great ideas, and maybe that's the best of the bad ideas, uh-huh. but th- I mean, th- that seems... One fan base is really getting the raw Especially, I told deal you, on that. My, my fantasy is that AFC Championship game to be played in Buffalo, New York. And that that effectively isn't going to happen. And would they choose a stadium that was proximity-wise close to both competing no, teams? No, they'd probably like, pick a domed stadium and it would look awful. That's terrible. Yeah, I know. I mean, play it, play it at Soldier like Field, it right, yeah. right in the middle. Yeah, I don't like it either. Play it at Heinz Field. I don't know. I mean, it's only if a certain... It's only if certain teams make the championship yeah, game. Right. So let's, That's right. There's stipulations. Yeah. We'll get into it. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals prepare for a Week 18 game against the 49ers. J.J. Watt shows up on the injury report, Dimring. Well, that's disappointing, and we'll we'll see. I mean, there's no way J.J. Watt, Watt wants to spend his final game in the NFL 
in street clothes no, around the sidelines. No, yeah. I think I think it's going to be a, a limited appearance. I doubt J.J. Watt's going to go 90% of the snaps. There is no way he's not playing, though. Yeah, I but agree with that. I agree. I think at a certain point, they'll take him out of the game. And yeah, and every wave, wave, everybody, exactly. Sure. Yeah. Put his little hat on. Uh-huh. Plus, he can move up farther on the uh, top 25 list of all-time sacks if he gets a couple. Yeah, yeah. All right, the Suns are back in action tonight in downtown Phoenix against the Miami Heat. They will be without campaign and Cam Johnson. Johnson? The campaign, <laughs> the campaign thing is 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 rough. This is a this is a team big that's uh, Cam Johnson. <laughs> Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson. Never, never not, not funny. funny. Always funny. Always funny. Continue, Tim. I was going to say, I mean, they, you know, campaign missed nine games with the foot. Then he comes back. Now he's down again. Who knows how long he's going to be out. That bench is scoring challenged, Bick. Let's just put it that way. Sometimes they run a lineup out there where you're like, oh, my God, who's going to put the ball in the basket besides Damian Lee? And even he's a kind of a one-trick pony. Standalone three from the corner. Yeah. Set, boom. Right, right. Uh, I rolled into the Coyotes game early in the second period yesterday, and what I watched was one flyer goal after another. It was really bizarre. Coyotes, case, Coyotes give up five second period goals. They lose 6-2 to two to the Flyers. And I don't know if you saw ASU wins last night, a big bounce back win for them against Washington State. The Wildcats, Rosero was down last night. They win close game against a little too close against Washington. Oh, I, I hate that. Mm-hmm. That game didn't start till about 9-15. Mm-hmm. And I watched the not even I couldn't even get through the first half. It was too late, and it was that was a nerve wracking sleep. Uh-huh. I actually when I woke up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, I was checking my phone to get the score updates. That, that's a weird thing. I think we've all been there in this morning shift. All right, and finally, this is crazy. Michigan and Jim Harbaugh are under yeah. investigation for rules violations. So if you wonder why Jim Harbaugh was talking to the owner of the Panthers, I think he got your answer. Uh, and it's not. It's a little similar to what ASU was doing. I mean, they were they were doing illegal stuff during the pandemic, but the bigger potential issue for Harbaugh is he lied and he didn't cooperate, which might be the level one penalty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, he's... he's Jim Harbaugh uncooperative? I can't imagine that. <laughs> so he'll receive his punishment in what, like eight years? Yeah, about nine years. He'll be a... He'll, he'll, he'll and it'll be a $5,000 fine? Yes, he'll have already gone through an NFL job and a second college job when it finally lands. <laughs> and he'll right? be retired. He'll yes. be coaching exactly. at Xavier with right. Sean Miller. Alright, on the other side, we're going <laughs> to... Your football's they don't even big. play football, do they? <laughs> On the other side, we'll set the table for Week 18 in the NFL. Some interesting stuff going on. Tim Ring filling in for Vinny's last day of vacation. I am Dan Bickley. You're listening to Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata, presented by 72 Sold. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The way I understand it, and there are a lot of complexities to this, if the Chiefs beat the Raiders on Saturday and the Bills beat the Patriots on Sunday, the Chiefs would get the bye, 
But there would be the possibility if those two teams were to meet in the AFC Championship game under that scenario, where that game then would be played on a neutral site. So the Chiefs would hold on to the bye, but lose the home conference championship game. If the Chiefs lose to the Raiders on Saturday and the Bills beat the Patriots on Sunday, the Bills are the number one seed. They get the bye, and they obviously would get the home playoff game in Orchard Park. Welcome back, everybody. Happy Friday. Tim Ring in for Vinny. I am Dan Bickley. That was the voice of Adam Schefter explaining the uh, playoff scenarios that kind of were hatched forth by the NFL's competition committee yesterday. They are going to go before a vote of the owners today. And basically, we could sit here and go through every single scenario. What it basically means is if you get a anticipated, uh, long-awaited Bills Chiefs AFC Championship game, that is going to be in a neutral site. Chances are exactly the same if it's a Bengals-Chiefs Championship game. That is going to be in a neutral site. What they basically decided was a series of stipulations that it, that you would not be penalized. That the, the, Either of the two teams involved in the canceled game will not be penalized for that game being canceled. I guess is the theory in terms of having to go yeah. on the road, right? But the but the, for the championship game, but the bye week is out the window. Is still yep. out the window, mm-hmm. and that's a pretty big advantage as well. I mean, you got to win one less game to get to the Super Bowl. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't you can't you can't over or understate uh, that. I, Bick, I, I guess I look at it like there there are no great ideas here. So is this the best of the bad ideas? I I, I, I don't know. I mean, those guys are all getting I, paid a listen. lot of money to sit around a table and think think up stuff yeah. to try to fix this thing. Mm-hmm. And not that they're infallible, but I, I would I would trust them in this situation that they have their reasons why this is the best of the bad ideas. I yes, I, I don't like the idea of an AFC Championship game in a neutral site because I know it's going to end up in a dome and it's going to be a real disappointing thing for me. But then again, that's why we watch sports, for individual concerns and satisfactions. Um, Here's what I would say. I I think more than anything, the NFL is extremely lucky the way that this story has trended in the last 24 to 36 hours. And and, and not just because this young man um, has survived. It's because medical professionals have, have said, yeah, the lights are on in somebody's home. He's, he's aware. His first words coming to were basically, who won this football game? So what, what happened to DeMar Hamlin on the football field, it, it, it resolved itself in a way that really let the NFL off the hook for much larger concerns. And that would have been, what do we do about playing football in general? It, do we just have to wash out Week 18 entirely? Um, there's a lot of stories, and we'll get into this today. I, we've, we haven't talked about T. Higgins, the offensive player involved, in, and the stuff that he has heard and the stuff that he has felt. There are a lot of Buffalo players who feel relief for him that DeMar Hamlin is okay. And then finally, this, is, this needs to be said because we have not talked about this once. That whole scene that went down was shocking and jarring to everybody who watched it. But people in Cincinnati who went to that game, that was a gigantic night in Bengals history. People were probably drinking all day long. The The comportment and decorum of that fan base throughout all of that, especially when they announced the game was canceled, they were appropriate and dignified in everything they did. Some fan bases, 
not to name names, might have lost their minds, might have started booing when they canceled the game. You know what I mean? Right. So I think every step along the way here leading into this weekend, the NFL has right to feel... In in an era of society where sometimes we don't often see the best in humanity... I, I thought I thought we we have we have in the last in the last week here with Demar Hamlin not not only with as you mentioned the way the Cincinnati crowd handled that just the way that the the Bills players have rallied around Demar his family and the fan base the toy drive obviously people contributing with their with their hard earned money to make to make Demar put a smile on his face in that regard when he woke up I heard he I read so, somewhere that he 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 does know now about about the toy drive and that it's over seven million dollars. And yeah, we, we've seen the best in people over this last week, and I think you're right. The, the fact that that Hamlin's going to be okay—that is a big uh, boulder of burden off the shoulders of the NFL. Because had this gone the other way, or there had still been uncertainty, yes. yeah. it may have been tough for the Bills players to even for take everybody. the field on Sunday, or for everybody to take the field uh, on Sunday in Week 18. I'm really surprised as they try to figure this thing out big, that they didn't maybe utilize that, that bye week before the Super Bowl and try to push everything. But I, I, I guess, I'm sure they considered it, mm-hmm. and I'm sure they have their reasons, and I'm sure they feel like this whole... Probably because it's much easier to rearrange one game to a neutral site then it would be to rearrange maybe and, the and entire you, weekends of and, games. But then, and then also, if you take another week off to play a single game, now the teams that get the first round by are getting two weeks off, and that's a good way to throw a football team out of rhythm. That isn't necessarily an advantage anymore, right? There's a lot of that. I, w- I would suspect if it if it is a championship game at a neutral site, I, I the Detroit is flashing up in my you know it's it's close t- to all those Buffalo, Kansas City, and Cincinnati, yeah, and okay, it's, and it's indoors. And when Buffalo Detroit. had the, Buffalo had the snowstorm, yeah, they, they already hosted a neutral site game this are, year, Detroit. They, right, they already hosted a neutral site game, so the logistics are somewhat in place already for the for the for the people there in Detroit to do something like that. So. The reality is, though, Vic, you're talking about these these three teams. It's probably going to be a neutral site I know, game. I know. I mean, wouldn't you be shocked if there wasn't some combination of of Buffalo, Kansas City, or Cincinnati but, in the in the AFC title game? Well, it still will take. I mean, this could all be settled if if just if Kansas City wins and Buffalo loses this weekend, then it won't. Kansas City will easily be the first seed and have the home field, and you won't have to worry about any of this. I mean, it could just play out with this weekend's games before we get to the playoffs. Well, it, yes, and and so again, so I think having to put forth a scenario before this weekend's games was something the NFL felt was appropriate. So everybody knew the ground rules going into this weekend. Whereas, like you said, Jerry, you could have waited till Sunday's games were over and then and then at sort it of then, figured it out and yeah. then figured it out. And I'm and I'm surprised. That often is the move that Roger Goodell and the NFL does mm-hmm. to sort of like hope everything works out and, and we don't have to make a decision. So it's interesting that they did something. I, 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 the biggest thing that I wonder, and, and thank goodness we don't have to wonder about it, is like if we didn't have that good news yesterday mm-hmm. about Hamlin, mm-hmm. I wonder what 
the course of action over these next couple of days would have been well, with the league, yeah. with the teams, with the Bills. Well, you think about it, because I've spent a lot of time thinking about this, because if you're a football player, there is so much you're thinking about. You're thinking about, am I, am I being accomplished to something that is really grotesque, going back and playing football while somebody is still in critical condition, or will it were, in worst case scenario, somebody has passed away from a hit on the football field, and, and then you ask yourself, what if it was me? How would I feel? That What do I think about this? And, and so there, there are a lot of ethical issues that the NFL is not necessarily real good at. And and it's coming at a confluence of time where we're rolling hot right into the best time of the year, these high-intensity playoff games. And that's why I said the NFL uh, received um, a, a big break here, in my opinion, a very positive break. Roger Goodell had a had a quote about this, and he said, I recognize there's no perfect solution. The proposal we are asking the ownership to consider, however, addresses the most significant potential equitable issues created by the difficult but necessary decision to not play the game under these extraordinary circumstances. So I, I read that as a, 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 the statement is fine, but it's, I, I think Goodell's also like, at the end, reminding people like, hey, this is not a great solution, but this is this is what we're left with after making the correct decision to not play the game. So, in other words, I, it's like don't don't everybody that's going to start, you know, bemoaning what we want to do here. Listen, we did the right thing by canceling the game, but now here's the fallout. Here's yeah. what we have to do to yeah. rectify mm-hmm. the situation. And there's no perfect solution. So everybody shut the hell up, and this is the way we're going to do it. Uh, that's kind of the way I read that uh-huh. statement. Like, everybody, this, I, is, this is it. This is what we got to do. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm real bummed out because, like I said, I really wanted to see an AFC championship game in Buffalo. It, it's I'm a gigantic fan of outdoor football. I am a huge opponent of domed football. It, and, again, I know this is more personal for me than a lot of people because Vinny, Vinny likes it the other way. He likes watching dome football over regular football. I hate dome. I hate turf. It makes it boring. I think I like Vinny doesn't like it when the weather influences a game right. and makes it... That's what makes it great. That's what makes the sport great. I mean, Vinny can have his own opinion. That's yeah. fine. I'm the, yeah. he's totally respected. But to me, that's what, that's what makes it great. Plus, we had to grow. We grew up watching and games that's at the a, Metrodome see, that's, see, that's and that's the Silverdome. Yeah. It was yeah. brutal. You, you and I have a different. You, you and I have a different experience growing up. So this, so that kind of stuff speaks to us a little more. All right. So uh, yeah. So the NFL, it, it's it's full go, and Demar Hamlin looks like he is out of the woods. Thank God for that. Coming up on the other side, the Arizona Cardinals, Week 18. The good news is even the worst. Seasons come to an end, and this one certainly will. Timmering in for Vinny, I'm Dan Bickley. You're listening to Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Football Friday with Bickley and Murata. Presented by 72 Soul. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. everybody. Tim Ring, Dan Bickley. Happy Friday, Football Friday, Week 18, last game of the season, mercifully, for the Arizona Cardinals. They are 4-12. and They're traveling to Santa Clara to play the 12-4 49ers. And this looks just like the game the Cardinals would ruin their draft status and go out and win. This thing has got this Josh McCown, Nate Poole, beat the Vikings on the last play at Sun Devil Stadium kind of feel to it, Tim. Yeah, you want to bet? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I didn't think no, so. No, I don't. I'm being 
facetious. Yeah, yeah. so uh, this is uh, this is this really is to be celebrated only because it's the end. It's the end of a um, of a season. I I think you could have saw a coming, and yet it was a season that took a lot of people by surprise. Um, a season that y- you believe is certainly going to be the end of the Steve Kime era if not the Cliff Kingsbury era. And so what are we watching for on Sunday? Well, there's a couple things. First of all, who's going to play in this football game? DeAndre Hopkins is not going to play. We're going to get into his future a little bit later on. J.J. Watt is on the injury report. I would be stunned if he didn't start and play and then maybe say see you later after the first quarter. Yeah, tip tip the helmet, get, mm-hmm. get a round of applause. He's got a groin. I mean, he was, what was he? Was he limited yesterday? So he was limited. He was limited on a Thursday. Yeah. So he's he's going to be out there in some yeah, capacity. I, I, he, right. I think I Sunday. think putting the injury out there is a way of acknowledging I'm not going to be a full-time player on Sunday. And I wouldn't blame him for that. There's nothing to play for other than pride. Um, on the other side of the ledger, and by the way, David Blau, of course, starting at quarterback for the Cardinals. On the other side of the ledger, uh, the, the big deal in terms of who may or may not play for the 49ers, it's Christian McCaffrey, who's got a couple of injuries. He may not play. Elijah Mitchell is expected to return. Javon Kinlaw, a very good defensive player for them. He is on the injury report with an illness as well. So there you go. More than anything, this is going to be a close-the-book kind of afternoon that's going to, I think, come attached with a lot of questions that are going to either be resolved Sunday night or Monday morning. Well, I would have to think in that regard, Mike Bidwill has made his decision by now. I, 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 I would be, I mean, I can't say for sure, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't, I don't think Mike Bidwill's still wrestling I hope not. with what he's going to do on Monday. Now, there may be some uncertainty in the front office still because you're talking about somebody who's on medical leave and that can get sticky with HR and contracts and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So that may be something that, you know, he's wrestling with the mechanics of it, if you will. But I would have to guess, Bic, that that the the fate of Cliff Kingsbury has already been decided. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Cliff does not know that fate yet. Cliff is going to get up on Monday morning. I don't think this will happen on Sunday in San Francisco. Michael doesn't fly with the team. People joke about the tarmac, the tarmac, Lane Kiffin. You know, it's not going to happen like that. Mm-hmm. Mike Mike Bidwill's too dignified and professional. This will happen Monday morning. Yeah, like I agree with that. Seven thirty in the morning at the Cardinals facility. Cool. Su- Sunday night firings are generally done out of anger. It, it, generally, I may be wrong about this, but they're generally done from an owner who is very angry at the head coach and can't wait to make a statement of how bad I want to get you out of here. Right, And, and it, that doesn't apply here. Right. And it can't leak via Eric Burkhart to the media on Sunday night if Cliff actually doesn't know himself until Monday morning. So yeah. I would suspect Monday morning. We're going to know Monday morning, 730. Other. You're calling that. Um, um, Monday morning, 730. You hear that, Sarah? Rush hour reboot. But, Get ready for a breaking news yeah, sounder. But, Get out of my segment. But perhaps, That's my time. Hey, listen. Perhaps not. <laughs> per, big per, <laughs> Perhaps nothing will happen. Mm-hmm. I mean that you we can't we can't overlook the fact that Mike Bidwell may look at everything that Cliff Kingsbury had to deal with and give Kingsbury a, a, another shot at this with uh, a, with listen. a new front office and a and a healthy lineup on both sides of the ball and a, a I, more aggressive free agency period and a better draft. He may say, "Listen, 
We're going to give you one more a shot. Better general manager. Yeah. Listen, I, I I I hear what you're saying, and I'm agreeing with you that that last option is in play. That I would not be surprised if Cliff Kingsbury were retained, and and I'm not necessarily saying I would lose my mind over that as long as they bring in a brand new general manager and start to create a brand new culture. But but here is where I would warn against that because even though there's there's a lot of reasons, like for instance, if you look at the last game and you look at the way David Blau operated under center with the play action element, something we've been talking about for years, clearly Cliff Kingsbury is not averse to running that kind of offense, which leads people to say, well, maybe it's not his fault then. Maybe it's the quarterback. Maybe the quarterback won't run it. Okay, you can paint that picture and I can actually believe it, but then I can't get away from blaming the head coach for not coaching the quarterback and making the quarterback over the course of four years do the stuff to be successful. So it's the lack of being the alpha male, uh, which everybody knows is an issue. As Wolf um, eloquently says, he is a peer-to-peer coach. He is not a head coach. He's a peer-to-peer kind of guy. Doesn't work in the NFL. And his relationship with Kyler Murray, it's yucky. um, It's mid at best. And so to me, if you were Michael Bidwell and you were going to make up your mind that I'm going to give this guy one more shot, okay, to me, I might buy it. If you had a brand new general manager from the outside who's going to handle this massive roster shifting that's going to happen here. And number two, if you change his role dramatically, you need to bring in an offensive coordinator and you need to let Cliff try to be the guy. I don't think he can, but if you're going to go that route, that's what you got to do. So you see a scenario sort of like the end of Mike D'Antoni's era where they're like, you know, we'll bring you back, but you have to hire like a new defensive coach to assist you. Mm-hmm. So with Cliff, you could see a scenario where they're like, "We're going to bring you back, but you have to bring in an offensive coordinator." And do you think Cliff would go that? Well, to, here's do well, that. Here's the pro- yes. Here's the problem. We've had such mixed sort uh, of uh, emotion, mixed feelings from Cliff, mixed signals from Cliff on how important it is for him to be that offensive coordinator. It, here's the problem with that. I, 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 that's what he feels comfortable being, and that's the problem. That's the problem. But to, to me, if, I don't think Cliff should be back, but I, if Michael Bidwell decides that that's the way he wants to go, all right, we're going to see exactly 365 days from today if Michael made the wrong call or the right call. Cliff's going to get another shot. That he's the owner. That's what we're going to do, and we'll, we'll we'll roll with it. My concern about the whole offensive coordinator thing, and I, and I've stated this before, is Cliff Kingsbury was brought here not because he was a great head coach. Cliff Kingsbury was brought here because he brought a new offense that could throw the football, take advantage of the skill set of Kyler Murray, and put points on the board. Mm-hmm. He was brought here because he is smarter than the defensive coordinators on the other sideline or on the other you know press theoretically box. theoretically that. That's why he was here. He was not here because he was a great leader of men and won a lot of football games at Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. I mean, as many yeah, they were po- going to backfill all that stuff, and they found out it doesn't work. So, if you take if you take his strength away, his perceived strength in theory, because the stats don't really back it up in terms of throwing uh-huh. the football all over the field and putting points upon the board. If you take that away from him and you say, go be a leader of men, that's not something he's ever really done well in terms of being that, as you call, the alpha. But he's not running his offense anyway. So what is so what is the point? So listen, I, I, I get all of that. I, I'm just trying to say here that, that when, when, you t- when you look at the flaws here uh, in this organization, 
and uh, there are so many, and they are so varied, and they are so recurring, and this offense has become so predictable, it's got no shot at succeeding in the NFL, and we've seen that now for the better part of, what, the last 23 games? And so it, it would be quite the irony if Michael Bidwell wanted to bring back Cliff Kingsbury, and Cliff Kingsbury actually wanted to be fired. That would be the great irony of it all. Now, and, and the thing is, too, people get all hung up on how much money it's going to cost Michael Bidwell. Well, first of all, he should have known that going in before giving him that lengthy extension. And mm-hmm. second of all, I, I don't think Cliff's a slacker. I think Cliff would take a college job. I, I don't think Cliff would go take a year or two sabbatical and milk this and then try to get back in the game. I think Cliff would get back into the game almost immediately. You could probably get an NFL almost, assistant. No, no, wrong, no NFL. Wrong, uh, wrong, you could get an NFL wrong, offensive coordinator wrong, job. Why? Wrong, He's not they're, 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 wrong. He'll get a college offensive coordinator job, maybe a head coach at an Augustana college if he wants it. Or he could go be like offensive coordinator at Florida State or Texas A&M, something like that. Alabama that's, loves doing stuff like that. That's what he would do. The fact that you think he would resurface in the NFL is laughable, Jarrett. He's done nothing to warrant another coach saying, let's have that offense here. Yeah. Uh, just, let, the, just, let the record show that Wilkes, Steve Wilkes, got a defensive coordinator position in the NFL after getting fired. After Steve Wilkes. Wilkes got one year here with a bad hand. So uh, what, what, what did any of us know of Steve Wilkes? But Steve Wilkes also had a track record of success as a defensive That's, coordinator in the league, whereas Cliff has never had a track record. Excellent of, points by you guys. <laughs> yeah. In other words, shut up, Jared. I... And, and I, again, I, I'm just trying to present all the possibilities. Mm-hmm. Big, I, 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 I've said it now. I just think this is nothing against Cliff personally. I just think the the state of the franchise right now it needs a complete overhaul. I agree. I, and I, and I, I, I get it. He was he was he was hammered by injuries. Hammered by injuries. Mm-hmm. If they, if all those injuries didn't happen, they would have more than four wins. You got to say that that is fair. But again, you have to look at the entire picture. Yeah. The collapses. Uh, the the strife with the quarterback. The disrespect the quarterback. Shows the coach uh, the assistant coaching deal with Kugler. And, uh, I mean, it goes on. Eno Benjamin feeling empowered to try to fight an assistant coach and having to be cut immediately. I mean, all these things are under the Kingsbury umbrella, yeah. and they all are not good. Uh, uh, amen. Coming up on the other side, the Phoenix Suns. Uh oh, back in action tonight. The Miami Heat are in town. We'll tell you all about that next. You're listening to Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Welcome back. Happy Friday, everybody. Dan Bickley here with you. Tim Ring in for the vacationing. Vinny, he will be back on Monday. Sarah the Ruthless is in Tucson, having covered the Wildcats last night. And Jared's back there saying dumb things, as always. All right, tonight in Phoenix. So are you just going to take that lying down? <laughs> well, um, well, I'm allowed to lie down in here? <laughs> <laughs> the Suns and the Miami need a pair of 20-19 and 19 teams tonight at Footprint Center in Phoenix. Um... I don't know how to frame this game. You don't want to overstate the importance of it, especially since Cam Johnson is still not going to play tonight. Campaign, who re-aggravated his foot during that loss to Cleveland, he is not going to play. Uh, the Heat are missing a couple of guys. But this is sort of a return home, and, and I, at the very least, Tim, I want to see the same kind of 
sense of urgency we saw in the last game at Cleveland, regardless of what happens. You know, they've been so good lately, you you almost hate to start talking about home and road and the games at home, so that should help. But at this point, they've been so awful on the road. They are coming off a 1-5 road trip. They are 6-14 away from home this year. They are in desperate need of a win. They've got two home games tonight and Mm -hmm. Sunday before they go back on the road again for four more against four great to decent teams. So, yeah, you're like, hey, this game's at home. The Cleveland game's at home. They may want to get this one tonight and again on Sunday. At least get a split here right? so the losses don't keep piling up and you're going to find yourselves three or four games under 500 in about a week. There's something just symbolic about not falling back down to 500 tonight. Yeah, listen, you know, I was was ranting on and on yesterday about the symbolism of being under 500, of being underwater. The best way to avoid that in the short term is don't get to 500. And so find a way to win this game tonight and kind of just take it game by game like that. Um, It's To me, again, Monty Williams has kind of struggled without Devin Booker trying to figure out exactly what is my best starting lineup, what is my best bench rotation, how do I generate the right blend of offense and defense. If I go big, do I get enough offense? If I go small, am I going to get killed on on the boards? Given the fact that we're still three-plus, four-plus weeks away from seeing Devin Booker again, um, I, I would like to see some coherence. I would like to see the team kind of unveil a better short-term plan. And whether that is finding a di- putting Damian Lee in the starting lineup, Torrey Craig off the bench, whether it's maybe starting to adjust your offense and not having DeAndre Ayton operate so much at the top of the key and get him stationed on the blocks and just see if it works. You see if pounding the ball into the blocks and just going, it's yours, you shoot the ball, you do something something and see what see what happens see what comes of it i don't know i i I would like to see a little more coherence to what they were trying to do something that will last them night to night before devin booker gets back because relying on mikhail bridges to go out there and score 25 points or hoping tory craig knocks down a bunch of threes it's clearly not a recipe for success ayton's actually putting up decent numbers but again i think we all know what everybody's talking about when it comes to DeAndre Ayton. It, it, it's being a force, willing your team to a victory, getting to the free throw line, uh, going up strong in the post as opposed to jump hooks and face-up jumpers and turnaround jumpers where it's it's a game where, like, DeAndre Ayton, you are carrying us to a victory. You know, like, that's great. You mm-hmm. had 21 and 13, you know, but we lost by 30. The, the, this, Monty, Monty's trying to, uh, you, you mentioned it, Big, Monty's trying to be a mad scientist with the different lineups and rotations and all he's getting is is mad because nothing <laughs> yeah. is really working. Uh-huh. They've lost 12 of 16. Sarich was in the lineup the other night. He gave him a first half that was pretty decent. Mm-hmm. So you, you, he's trying different things. It's not like he's just, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again mm-hmm. and expecting a different result. So Monty's trying to do that, but at some point, your chess pieces are your chess pieces. Mm-hmm. And right now, this is not a roster that's, I think, talented enough to go on a streak where you win 5 out of 7 or 7 out of 10 or, or, yeah. or 11 out of 15. He is dealing with a very short handed roster when it comes to especially talented offensive basketball players. I mean, that's just the reality. Doesn't mean they can't
can't win, but they got to win like they did in Memphis a while back, where guys just are tenacious defensively, and you get some guys knocking down shots that no, don't normally do so. That would go a long way as well. The uh, the idea of having some urgency tonight, it's interesting to me because, again, the, the on and off nature of their urgency speaks to a culture that's real iffy right now. And, and maybe it's a lack of belief without Devin Booker and Jay Crowder and Cam Johnson. Maybe it's a lack of togetherness. Maybe it's a lot of attrition and arguments and bad things that have happened that are taking its toll on this team. I think tonight's going to be an interesting test of that for two reasons. Number one, so they go into Madison Square Garden on a matinee against a physical team and they get their doors blown off and they're embarrassed. They go to Cleveland. They play a little bit more in the paint. They finally get to the free throw line. I think they shot, what, 18 free throws against the Cavs? It was it was a significant number. Uh, they out-rebounded Cleveland. They had more assists. So clearly the game they put forth against Cleveland was a response to the real tepid embarrassing soft way they played against the Knicks. Now they're playing a Heat team that that it's 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 a tough team for the Suns to get their hands around because first of all they jack up threes at a crazy rate. Uh, they're almost 37 a game. They're among the NBA's tops at three-point shots attempted. Um, when the Suns are not connected defensively, they've been very vulnerable to three-point shooting. Um, secondarily, there's a lot of heat that comes off that team. There's a lot of defense, and I'm talking about, of course, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo. And so what will the Suns respond with tonight? I would hope that coming off of this road trip, that the basketball team would understand we need to reestablish trust among our fan base. We need to kind of let them know that we're all right, that that the fight is still in us. I would hope that they're going to be very spirited at the very least tonight. Again, I, I can't stress it enough that they they've they've got to get they've got to get good nights from Bridges, Aiton, and Paul. You know, we can talk about the the supporting cast, if you will, all all, all the morning long. But it, you know, those guys at some point have to deliver this team a victory. Those, those, those are those are your big those are your big three. Right now, they're your big three. This is a team last year that that won eight out of eleven games that Devin Booker didn't play. So they they, they have done it before, but that was with a much different looking roster. Mm-hmm. The, again, the way this roster is right now, thanks to injuries and the Jay Crowder situation and Javale McGee being in Dallas, it's just not the same depth that they had a year ago, and now they're 2-8 and eight without Devin Booker, and that record's probably going to get a lot worse given their upcoming schedule. So, yeah, getting a game tonight against the Heat team at home would go a long way to at least temporarily stop the bleeding, Bic, uh, and then come back and see what you can do against Cleveland uh, on a Sunday night at home, because then you go out back on the road. Yeah. You Golden State, Denver, Memphis, they're all awaiting. Right. And those will not be easy for the way the, uh, the no. Suns are currently built from a roster standpoint they're missing they're missing from just from last year i mentioned mcgee i mean they're missing like right now they're missing four of their top eight players from a year ago right this is not the same freaking basketball team mm-hmm. not even close people got to get out of what happened last year and look at what they got this year and right now the stats and the record bear bears it they are not good enough they're not good enough mm-hmm 
No, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. They so, lost 12 to 16. Yeah. I, so I think we're in a real tenuous spot with this basketball team where they've either got to start winning games or James Jones has got to pull the trigger on a trade. This Jay Crowder thing has got to come to a fruition at some point in time. There were more rumors floating around last night about Jay Crowder to the Bucks in a three-team deal. We've heard all of these rumors before. That's, and, and it's crazy when you've heard rumors about players on the Suns team. There have been rumors dating back to Kevin Durant's going to be here within 24 hours. We were literally sitting in this sports town expecting Kevin Durant with to show up in a day. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so, 7 o'clock hour way, coming up. By the way, up. that would have been really good if that happened. <laughs> right. If you were wondering about one Cardinals head coach and if he was going to get an extension and you found out he already had one, how would you feel about that? We'll tell you about that next. You're listening to Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.